talking about draining the swamp of frustration, which I think is pretty on brand right now because it's a frustrating time. I know I'm frustrated. Um, this whole pandemic business, it's kind of wreaked a lot of havoc personally, societally, religiously, basically in every facet of our lives. And it's been wearing me down. I'm sure it's been wearing you down. It's been going on a long time now. And the uh, past few weeks, I've noticed, man, my frustration levels are pretty high. And what frustration is, just so we're all on the same page here, it's, it's a type of anger that means you're upset at your inability to change or achieve something. And it just eats at you. And I think, you know, this is an extraordinary time where we really can't achieve or change a whole lot. And I don't like it. <laughs> For you don't either. And... I'm sure you're just in a similar boat with me where you've been dealing with frustration. And regardless of where you stand and all the various issues out there that you can have a very wide range of opinions on, there's just a lot to be frustrated about. You could be frustrated about being cooped up. You could be frustrated that people aren't cooped up enough. You could be upset that you know, you're not able to have the Christmas that you desire. You could be upset that we're still attempting to have Christmas at all. And, you know, you could be just clashing with people because you have a different idea of, you know, what should be going on out there, how we should be handling this whole mess. But, you know, regardless of what exactly is causing your frustration, you know, whenever you're finding yourself in a situation where you're just inundated with this negative emotion where it's just swamping your system and it's taking too strong of a hold on your life, this is a sign that it's time to drain the swamp. It's, it's time to take the trash out of your soul. A sign that this is happening to you is you'll notice that your emotional system isn't working like it normally does. You know, you'll have a much shorter fuse than normal. Uh, you might not have the creativity or the brain processing power, processing power that you're used to. Or you'll just feel that the life is just sucked out of you. You don't have the joy and the zest for life that you normally have. Um, you'll also be, you know, a little more prone to self-pity. And you'll have a tendency to rant and rave. If you're not sure if you've gone into that zone, just ask the people around you. They'll, they'll let you know. See, when you've got this really stinky swamp inside of you, you're not exactly the most fun person to be around. Um, I like to say, if you hang out in a swamp too much, you become an ogre. Nobody likes ogres. So if you're feeling swamped today, here's a bit of a guide to help deal with this swamp of frustration. How to drain the swamp. How to get out what needs to get out. And also how to guard your heart going forward, how to get into these rhythms of dealing with yourself um, emotionally. So today we're going to look at maybe one of the most famous passages of scripture where frustration boiled over in a real bad way. Um, and then we're going to go to Genesis 4. This is the story of the first siblings on the planet, Cain and Abel. I think this is in some respects a very relatable story, as all sibling stories are, because good chunk of us grew up with siblings, and our siblings have the magical powers to rub us the wrong way more than anybody else, it seems. This case, of course, it gets really extreme real quick. Uh, so these are Adam and Eve's first kids, the first kids on the planet. And, you know, they had some issues with each other. We're going to pick up the story here. So Genesis 4, verses 2 through 9. It says, When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. 
The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. One day Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, Cain responded, am I my brother's guardian? Or another uh, version will say, am I my brother's keeper? So that's four chapters into the Bible and people are already killing each other. Siblings, no less. Sin is wreaking havoc. In this particular case, Cain was very angry. He was upset and that anger led him into sin. His frustration swamped his boat and it ended up in tragedy. So what could, have Cain, what, what could Cain have done differently? What could have stopped him from this frustration boiling over and you know, causing such tragedy and hurt and pain? What can we learn about this situation that we can apply to our own lives? So first and foremost, I'm not saying that COVID frustration is going to lead to you killing your sibling. Let's just get that out of the way. Uh, I'm sure many of us have probably gone through times, though, where we've been really frustrated and we thought, hey, maybe I should take a page out of Cain's book. But good thing we didn't. But I'm sure some people actually during this time um, followed in Cain's footsteps, which is pretty terrible. But anyways, what I'm basically trying to tell you this morning is that Regardless of what um, you know, is going on, all this frustration that's boiling inside of you, it's going to have a negative effect in one way or another. It's going to lead into some sort of a sin. It might not be nearly as extreme as Cain's case, but it will be sin nonetheless. There will be an adverse effect on your life. And so we need to do something about that before it happens. We need to drain the swamp before it gets too bad. So step, step number one, how do we drain the swamp inside of us? Number one, we need to learn to vent up. Vent upwards. See, after God rejected Cain's sacrifice, which seems to be because Cain had a really bad attitude, didn't really put the effort in, uh, Cain was upset, he was dejected. And, you know, he's just mad. And, but God came to him and he gave him an opportunity to talk about it. Verse 6 and 7 said, why is God talking to Cain? Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? He's trying to probe his emotions. How are you doing, Cain? And then telling him, you will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you, free, if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. And actually, if you'll notice, there's no response from Cain at all recorded there. God came to him and said, Cain, what's going on? What's your problem, man? Let's talk about it. Let's deal with this. I know you're angry. Let's, you know, let's, let's deal with this. Cain never even responded. Wouldn't open up. You know, and God specifically warned him, you know, if you don't deal with this, it's going to really mess up your life. Sin is going to come into your life. You know, bad things are going to happen. Sin, sin is going to use your anger, anger as ammo to manipulate you. Cain didn't listen. See, sometimes God is the last person you want to talk to when you're frustrated. Sometimes you're so mad at him and you're just, you're just flabbergasted of how could a loving God allow you know, this kind of pain in my life, this kind of suffering. But here's the thing, even when your issue is primarily with God and you're frustrated with him, God actually welcomes you to come talk to him about, about it. He wants you to have a conversation. He's not scared of your anger. He wants you to, if you, if you feel like you need to let it rip, God's willing to 
be that listening ear. He can bear the burden of your rage and your disappointment. And he actually wants to. Even if it's a messy situation, you know, God wants to bear all of that pain and hurt. And when we, you know, we just need to get out what needs to get out. We need to give God all this hurt and this pain. And that's all throughout Scripture. Uh, very famously in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says this, Give all your worries and cares to God because he cares for you. Similar verse, Psalm 55, 22, Give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. So your, your emotional pain, your frustration, it's a weight. It's a weight on your shoulders. And it's the natural response to any emotion when you feel it bottling up inside you that you just need to release it. There needs to be a release from the, the pressure, from the weight. And that works in both positive emotions and negative emotions. And you have a bunch of love bottled up inside you. You just feel the need to express it. You just need to you know, declare your love or something like that. And if it's anger, oftentimes you just feel like you just need to, you just need to rant for a little bit. You just need, or there's a, an expression of some kind. So the thing is, if, if, if all of this stuff is in your heart, it's going to come out one way or another. And if frustration is taking a hold of your heart during this time, it's going to come out one way or another. So what you need to get good at is steering that stream of frustration in the right direction. It's going to come out of you, so make sure you know where it's, where it's going. And it's going to go to someone that is not going to hurt. Because most people really can't bear the weight of your full fury. God certainly can. So you need to steer all of that pain, all of that hurt, all of that frustration to God. Talk to him about it. He can handle it far better than anybody else can. And sometimes we're, we're just too embarrassed about it or too prideful. Maybe that was Cain's issue. Really didn't want to open up about how disappointed he really was, how rejected and mad he was. You know, Didn't want to open up. And sometimes we're just so embarrassed about a situation, mad about it, upset about it. Yeah, we just don't want to talk to God about it. But it's good to be reminded in these kind of cases that God already knows your issues. There's really no secrets with him. So he already knows the mess that you're in. He already knows the pain that's in your heart. He already knows that you might have an issue with him. And he still welcomes you to come talk to him. He still loves you dearly. Always a good thing to keep in mind. You don't have to be embarrassed before God. He already knows it and still loves you. But a trap we can fall into is in our attempt maybe to not let our frustration boil over or to spill out and cause a scene, we just bury it. We just bury it and pretend it's not there. We just ignore it, stuff it down, stuff it down, and think, you know, this isn't hurting anybody. I'm just going to pretend it's all not there, keep stuffing it down. The thing is, this is not a victimless crime. What you're doing there is actually causing a lot of damage to your soul when you're stuffing things down. This is exactly what Cain did. He didn't open up, didn't talk about it, didn't explain what was going on. He just stuffed it down, ignored it, and it just got worse and worse until it boiled over into sin. See, we can only stuff things down so long before we explode under the pressure. And the Bible warns us about this, that we're not to stuff things down, that we're not to ignore our issues and our hurt and pain, and especially our anger. Ephesians 4 26 through 27 says, Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down on your anger, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. So the sun going down, 
that's mentioned there, that's a metaphor. It's not literally, some people take that literally, thinking they have to deal with all of their issues before the sun goes down. It's kind of hard to do here in December when it's down, the sun goes down at like 4.30 or 5. Um, what it's talking about, though, is metaphorically, don't stuff your sun down, uh, don't stuff your emotions down, that anger, that hurt, don't stuff it down within you. Um, don't leave it unresolved. And you'll note how similar this verse is and some other ones coming up, how similar this is of what God warned Cain about. We need to deal with your anger before sin takes a hold of it. See, when we're frustrated, we need to learn to vent in the right way. It's very important to get the, very important to get the poison out of our system. We need to get the venom out of our fangs. We need to give this to God and let him know all about it. And then we just leave it all with him. It's in more capable hands when you give it to God. When you give all this junk to God, he gives you a bunch of real good stuff in exchange. He gives you some comfort, some peace, strength, and joy. It's a pretty good deal. You give him the worst you have, and he gives you some wonderful stuff. And after you've gone through this process with God, after you spend some time alone with God, alone, you know, in a prayer closet, in your vehicle, whatever, getting out what needs to get out, then you'll be in far better shape to actually talk to somebody about it. Yes, you should also um, speak to others about uh, what's going on, but first you've got to make sure you take some of the, the base out of your tone. You've got to get that venom out of your fangs so you're not going on a massive rant and, and uh, you know, weighing somebody else down with your issues um, more than you should be anyway. So try to get a bunch of that stuff out and that pain, that hurt. Give it to God. And then when you've kind of calmed down, you've come down from the mountain, then you can kind of have a far better conversation with someone and open up and say, hey, this is what's going on in my life. Can you pray for me? Can you help me with something? So secondly, when, we're, when we find ourselves swamped by frustration, we need to line up. So first up, we need to vent up. Second up, Secondly, we need to line up. So during these times of frustration, it's important to examine ourselves. Make sure we're lined up with what God says we're supposed to be doing and, and that we are where we're supposed to be. Because if we're not walking in God's will, if you're trying to do something against the will of God, against his plans and purposes, it's really a recipe for frustration. You're wondering why God's not helping you out? Probably because you might be headed in the wrong direction. Or you're doing the wrong thing. You need to make sure we're lined up with what God is asking of us. Because more often than not, sadly, we are causing a lot of our own issues. Or we're just making them worse anyways. Um... And often it's because we're outside of God's will or we're walking in the wrong direction. We're off in some way. So Cain was upset, but he was upset because God rejected his sacrifice. But God had very good reason to reject his sacrifice. Cain was not following the proper instructions. He really did not put in much effort. His heart wasn't right. It was misaligned. He was not lined up with God. Here's kind of the evidence of, of, of that, and it's actually referenced in a few other portions of Scripture too, but right in the text itself it says this in verse 3 and 4. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of his firstborn lambs from his flock. You see, Abel had a far higher standard, uh, and Cain just kind of just mailed it in. Uh, obviously kind of had a bit of a bad attitude and so really, his whole issue was caused by himself. His frustration is his own doing. And that can actually often be the case for us. Our frustration uh, can be because of our own doing, or, or we have a lot more control over the matter than we think we do. 
So just as venting up upwards to God should be a very common practice, so should examining ourselves. Checking out our own actions and our own attitudes and making sure we are aligned with God. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, Examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. So here's a few questions to test yourself with this morning. And just really, well, a lot of this can apply to your rest of your life even. Here's a real big question. Does love rule my heart right now? 1 Corinthians 13, famous chapter. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. Check that out right now. Love is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. Does that sound like you? Does that sound like your Facebook page right now? Is your Facebook page demanding its own way? Are you coming across as real irritable? Are you keeping a record of being wronged? Is this love? Here's another one. Who am I trusting in right now? Psalm 62, 5 through 8. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is in him. He is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I shall not be shaken. On God rest my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Are you talking like that? That God is my salvation. God is going to save me. I can lean on him in this middle of this mess. Is that within your heart? Is that flowing out of you? Do you feel safe with God despite the crazy circumstance? Another question to ask, whose power am I operating with? 1 John 4, 4, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because of the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit that lives in the world. Are you looking at things through the right lens and say, you know what, I can overcome the situation because I have the very spirit of God within me. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives within me. I can get through this. Are you talking like that? Is, that? is that what's flown out of your soul? Are you relying on the power of God in your life? Here's a huge one. We've messed this one up a lot. Big question. Am I carrying a weight that is not for me? Am I following my calling? Have I picked up something that was never meant for me? Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Another verse of note, James 1, 20, For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So if you're feeling frustrated there's a very good chance that you're overburdened, that you're carrying something that God never intended for you to carry. And when you're feeling overburdened, that's not God's doing. God does not overburden you. His burden is light. God does not burn you out. He does not wear you down. Frustration, on the other hand, it really bogs you down. It torments you. It eats you alive. So if you're trying to discern this anger within me, what type, what type of anger is it? Some of us might think, you know, I have a righteous anger. I have a righteous indignation. But here's the thing. If you're feeling eaten alive and tormented, that is not righteous indignation. That is not the righteous anger that sometimes God can send it away. There is certain circumstances 
where anger, righteous anger will swell up within you. And that's like wind in your sails anger. That's like a, a shot in your arm. That's like an increase in boldness and strength to deal with a particular circumstance. Uh, that's what righteous anger is. So if you're feeling very bogged down, worn down, um, eaten alive, that's not righteous anger. You're, you're being frustrated uh, in that case. There's something you're mad about that you, you shouldn't be mad about. That's not God's doing there. Yes, it is possible to have a mixture of righteous anger and frustration at the same time. So God has to, as you're lining up with him, he will help delineate which is, what is what. So anyways, when frustration is coming from being overburdened or misaligned, often, oftentimes you'll make a statement that'll go something like, you know, if I was in charge, this is what I would do. Or you'll just make some sort of blanket statement of, this is the way we're supposed to be going, or this is what we should be doing. And you're speaking on like a very high level. And this could be, you know, uh, over your work, uh, over the church, school, um, anything. Whenever you're making like these decrees, this is the way we should be going. You have to really ask yourself, are you really in the, are you really in the position to be making those kinds of de- decrees? This is uh, something that if you were, again, look at most people's Facebook posts that they should, like you have to ask, do you really know what you're talking about here? More often than not, no. <laughs> and sadly, when we, when we do that, we're stepping in uh, to a bit of a mess there because we're getting flustered about fantasy. We're becoming enveloped in opinions that we really honestly shouldn't have because there's really nothing we can do about it. Like, if you think, hey, if I was premier, this is what I, was, I would do, and you have this little rant to yourself while you're in the shower or something, well, you just went through an argument for, like, no good reason because you're still going to come out of that shower not the premier of Alberta. Like, you're just, you're just not going to have the power and authority to, you know, to actually implement your opinion, Okay. <laughs> So when you're, when you're doing this, you're actually losing sight oftentimes of what God has placed right in front of you. Uh, this happens like all the time um, in our culture where they'll try to tell you what's important or what you should be getting upset about and where all your emotional energy should be going towards. But that's not God's plan. Uh, you know, we have to look at what am I called to? What has God placed right in front of me? What is in my hands? What has God entrusted me with that I'm supposed to be dealing with? What is the position he's put me in? See, Cain totally did this. He messed up his own sacrifice, but totally had a focus on his brother. Like, he just forgot about his own issue, didn't deal with his own mess, and instead was over-focused on Abel, who did nothing wrong in, a certain, in this circumstance. So you have, always have to ask yourself, yeah, what has God placed in my hand? What actual of power and authority, influence and training do I have or that I've been given? What have I been called to do? What are my marching orders? Who specifically have I been called to reach for his kingdom? Am I focusing on that? Or am I losing all my emotional energy down some other path that was never for me? Am I bearing a burden that I'm not supposed to be? Are you standing on a false stage that's actually a cage? Oftentimes we get up on a pedestal to rant and rave, but that stage is often a cage because we've never been called to be in that position. I think sometimes we often function um, accidentally as what an Old Testament prophet would, where we speak of, at a very high level, this is the way we should be going. And it's like, that's not an authority God has really given you. And so why are you taking that burden upon you? Why are you getting upset about something that 
you know, isn't going to change or no one's really going to listen to you anyways. So a continual prayer we always have to have. Psalm 51.10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Because sometimes we have a spirit of criticism, contempt, or rebellion. And that's just poisoning us from the inside out. So we need to make sure that we have a right spirit within us. We have to check our hearts with God. Thirdly, in times of frustration, very critical to rest up. Cain could have really used a vacation, my goodness. He could have used a time out. He could have used some time to just walk away and cool off, unwind, heal his wounds. Rest is very, very important, especially when it comes to, it's just a beautiful release valve of, the, of our soul. We got this swamp of frustration. We need to make sure we're resting and draining out uh, all, you know, all the poison in our system. See, God, God rests. On the seventh day of creation, he spent time to rest. Jesus, if you look at his ministry, he spent all sorts of time out, out and about all alone. Um, just needed to go get away from everything. Needed to rest. Needed to recharge his batteries. If you're running on low batteries continually, you're probably going to be frustrated. Because you were never meant to operate that way. Rest is a fairly self-explanatory um, point. It's not rocket science, but unfortunately we just forget about it sometimes. There is quite a bit of scripture that advocates that we need to rest. Psalm 4, verse 4 and 5. Don't, let sin, don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. Offer sacrifices in the right spirit and trust the Lord. Again, see, there's that, another verse very similar to what uh, was in Genesis with Cain. So just even hitting pause for one night. You know what? I think I just need to have a good night's rest. That'll give you a, you know, a better look at things. You'll have a better spirit about um, the issues that are going on. When you just, even just one, one night's rest can make a world of difference. Uh, Psalm 37, 7. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Think about how much time you have fretted about wicked schemes. I know there's all sorts of conspiracy theories that are out there. We don't even know if they're conspiracy or not. Only God knows, whatever. Um, but like how often are you just sitting there thinking and fretting all about what the evil people are doing and how they're winning or messing up this and that? You're not called to do that. We just got to wait patiently that God's going to act. We have to be still in his presence. His presence surrounds us. Remember, he has far more capable hands than you do. We can put all of this, all of our worries in his hands. Uh, sometimes to be reminded of the presence of God, we just need to spend some time in worship and just adoration. And that'll bring a rest to your souls. That's why church is important. Um, all sorts of studies would show that, you know, church has a big effect on people's mental health because we come here and we worship and it turns our eyes away from the issues we're having and it turns our eyes towards the majesty of God and the power of him and who he is and that he is far bigger and greater than anything we're facing. That can bring a rest to you. That can lift off burdens. All sorts of evil is out there, but we can leave it to God. We can let our mind relax that you know, God is on the case. Psalm 46.10, very famous verse that I, for whatever reason we only often read half of it. The second half I think is awesome. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. If you ever have any issues with what's going on politically, go back to this verse. God saying, I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. God's going to solve all the world's problems some way, somehow. You're not going to. He is. 
Some way, somehow, at the end of the day, at the end of time, you know, God is going to be honored. Truth is going to triumph. Good is going to win. Fourthly and finally, as we're venting up and lining up, resting up, we also need to help up. Something that's kind of sad about the story of Cain and Abel is that God is the only one that actually lends a helping hand. See, Adam and Eve, Cain's parents, you don't see them recognizing, hey, Cain, you're off. Cain, you're not yourself. Cain, something's wrong. What's going on, buddy? Like, you know, let's, let's, let's deal with this issue. Or Cain, hey, I saw you messed up your sacrifice. Here's what you did wrong. Or let me help you out next time. You didn't see any of that kind of stuff go on. Everyone just kind of went on their merry way and was doing their own thing. And that's often what we do. And that's actually what Cain did. You, know, you don't see him in, in this story either. Like, hey, Abel, can I help you with anything? Mom, Dad, can I help you? What's going on in your life? You don't see him like that. He's totally self-absorbed. And, you know, that's also very, very common. And we have an over-focus on our own problems. And that just brings frustration. Frustration can come from self-absorption. And the thing is, like, we, the problems we have are not the only problems that are out there. And if you really took the time to look around, you'd find out that your problems aren't even the worst ones. There's problems out there people are going through that are far worse than what you, you're going through. In fact, in comparison to other people, you might have it made right now. Your, your life might be a dream to some people. So when you're spending time looking beyond yourself, it takes a lot of steam out of your system. And you realize all the things that you feel are unjust against you maybe aren't all that unjust and that, you know what, there's other people out there that are hurting far worse than you. And you realize that maybe things aren't as bad in my life that I've imagined them to be. See, as Christians, we're called to love, always, whether we feel like it or not. You know, this is a strange season, um, but you know what, we're going to be loving people during it. Um, We're going to be honoring, we're going to give gifts, we're going to love people. We're going to move in the opposite spirit from what we're feeling. And when we do that, there's actually a lot of freedom and blessing that comes from that. Proverbs 11.25 says, Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and who waters will himself be watered. I like the way the message version puts this verse. It says, The one who blesses others will, will be abundantly blessed. Those that help others are helped. So I want to end this morning with a reminder that what our marching orders are as Christians. They don't change even when the circumstances are as crazy as it is right now. Uh, and this comes from Romans 12, uh, which is just chock full of all sorts of great wisdom. I could have used this to preach off of because there's like every verse could be applicable to our lives right now. And there's just all sorts of keys in here to how to deal with your frustration. And yeah, more than we even talked about this morning. But beautiful verse here. Romans 12, and just, I'm just going to read verses 12 through 16. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. And keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. 
and don't think you know it all. If you desire to live a more emotionally healthy life, and you want to drain the swamp of frustration that's within you, I encourage you to look beyond yourself. The Bible says that God's, God's gifts are without repentance, meaning that the gifts that he's given you, no matter what, you can still use them. So even though we're facing a lot of opposition right now, even though we have to get real creative right now, we can still find a way to bless others with the gifts God has given us. We can still give encouraging words. We, we can still give, uh, whether it's a present or, or a gift or financial blessing to people. Sometimes it's just a listening ear that we need to give. But we can still bless people during these times. We can still help people up. We have the light of the world within us, and it's time to show us. Show it. The church is always supposed to be a city on a hill. It's supposed to be lighting up the way that, and showing where people should go. We have what everybody needs. We have Jesus. So we need to bring Jesus to the world. So I encourage you, if you are in, in this realm of frustration, if you're just feeling swamped with frustration, find somebody to help. Find somebody in a worse scenario than you, or just a different one, and figure out a way to bless them. Figure out, figure out a way to lift the cloud over their head. And as you're doing that, you'll, God will help you out and lift the cloud that's over yours too. It's a beautiful thing. We're made, we're made to serve. We're made to help people. So don't lose, sight of that during, don't lose sight of this during this time. It's so easy to basically um, you know, lock yourself away and just sit this out and isolate yourself continually. Yes, we obviously have to follow social distancing rules, but still, we can find ways to help people, to bless them. There's all sorts of people out there that are suffering in you know, more ways than we can even fathom. So during this time, I implore you and encourage you to find ways to help people. It will create, uh, it will, you know, just lift this burden of frustration off of you, and it will just give you this, this shot of joy uh, in your soul, where you realize, you know, God, this is cool. I love to love people. The Bible says it's better to give than it is to receive. So as we've outlined these steps here this morning, um, these aren't just a one-time thing. If you're just at wit's end right now and you walk through these, you know, these four steps, they will help, yes, but you also have to kind of make these a rhythm of your life. These are principles we should live by continually. So we always need to be venting up first and foremost. All the pain and frustration in our heart, make sure we're always going to God with that first and foremost. Get that venom out of our fangs, that poison out of our system, and give all that hurt and pain to God. Secondly, we always need to make sure that we're lined up. Continue to examine ourselves. Am I in the right spirit right now? Uh, am I in the right position? Am, uh, am I walking in, an, in the authority that God has given me, or am I trying to take on an authority God has not given me? Always make sure we're lined up with his plans and his purposes. Because if you're out of alignment, that's a recipe for frustration. And thirdly, we need to make sure we rest up. God does not burn people out. You're not designed to be burned out and you know, running on low batteries. We need to rest. And not just physically, but also you know, emotionally and mentally. I know it's hard to get away right now, but you might have to get creative. Rest is still very, very important. We need to regularly pursue rest. It's okay to leave everything in God's hand for a day. <laughs> take some time off and, and just kind of relax and say, you know what, I'm not going to solve the world's problems. And finally, we need to help up. We need to live a life beyond ourselves. That's what we've been called to. 
So I hope this helps with this crazy time of frustration. I know I've been trying to walk through these same four steps. Um, number four for me is what I'm trying to do here today. I'm trying to help up you um, as God has been working on me, uh, trying to help me with my frustration. Um, yeah, and feel free to, you know, I would encourage you to take some of these points and spread them around and help people as well. So dear Lord, thank you that you're still God. Despite this craziness that is around us, you're still God. Still the same God that has, has helped us out many, many times in the past. You've always been found faithful. And God, we just want to put our trust in you afresh and anew this morning. God, we do not want to be frustrated people. We do not want to be people who are being eaten alive by our negative emotions. God, we want to be people that are free. We want to be people that are filled with joy and peace and love. And so, God, I pray that you're going to help us drain the swamp of frustration. God, frustration is so rampant these days. It is all throughout society, and it's causing a lot of problems. So, God, I pray that we can be this shining city on a hill, this beacon of light to our community, God, that we will not be enveloped with frustration, but instead, God, we are going to be relaxed, we are going to be at peace, and we're going to be, yeah, just filled with hope and joy. And God, I pray that this would just open the doors of testimony to people, and they'd say, why are you so happy, even with this crazy circumstance? And that would just open up the door, God, for us to share about the difference that you can make in someone's life. So God, I pray even in this moment that you're just going to uh, drop into their brains, God, someone, someone that they can help, someone that they can reach and bless and lift up and help to just lift that, that cloud of frustration that's, that's over their life, God. God, we've been called to make disciples. We've been called to reach this world for you. So God, I pray yeah, even in this moment that you're just going to reveal people um, to us that we can help, that we can reach out to. Uh, that we can, we can bless, we can show some of your love too. And God, I just pray also for shame, that people might be feeling shame of how mad they really are, that they haven't really opened up to anyone of how frustrated and how like at wit's end they really are. God, may you just comfort those, God, that are just feeling embarrassed and, and shamed of how upset and at wit's end they really are and say, you know what, like, you already know about this anyways. And God, I just pray that you would just bring such a comfort to their, to their life and that they would just feel that it's okay to open up. It's, it's okay to spend that time in prayer, just venting, ranting and raving to God. And God, that, yeah, that you would just minister to their heart uh, there. And God, I just pray also that you would bring uh, some rest to all of our lives as well. That you would give us um, even creative ideas of how to rest. Not just physically, but emotionally and um, you know, and mentally as well, that we would just find even just new hobbies, God, during this time, ways to just relax our mind and uh, just bring more balance to our emotional system. I, God, I just pray for a supernatural creativity amongst your people. Again, that this would just be a testimony to the, to the world, that despite all of these restrictions and all of these do-nots and can'ts, that we'd still be able to have fun, we'd still be able you know, to have, find enjoyment in, uh, in our lives during this time, God. And you, you just give us this creative gift to find these, these moments of, of reprieve in the middle of this crazy storm. God, I pray you'd bless all your people. You're going to bless all those that are watching online. And you're going to bless all those that have come out here in person. You're going to be with them as we go. God, we just pray for harmony in all of the families represented by this church. 
and uh, that they wouldn't be like Cain and Abel and, <laughs> and really getting at each other, God, and being frustrated with one another, but instead, God, that there's just going to be an atmosphere of love, um, especially over this Christmas season, God, that it's not going to be a Christmas of torment and torture, but instead, God, it's just going to be a time of growing closer um, together as family. So be with your people as we go. In your name we pray. Amen.